The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. If you are just joining us, we are coming to you live from the Palace Bar on Fleet Street today. The reason we are here is because 200 years ago, 1823, the Palace opened its doors for the first time. It is when they started trading and they've been trading ever since. They have been in the ownership of the Ahern family since the 1940s. And Willie was with us a little bit earlier. Uh, Willie Ahern, he's going to be joining me again um, uh, in a few minutes time because at 1823 time-wise, at 23 minutes past six, uh, we're all going to be raising a class uh, here to uh, patrons past and present and everybody who has come and gone in our lives as all good toasts uh, uh, should remember so that is coming up uh, then uh, but with me in advance Keith Walsh the writer and broadcaster Brianna Parkins the Irish Times columnist and Paul Williams who we had to peel from the bar inside it was with me <laughs> well known spunker um, that, that's not water in that glass either is it that's that's going that's Leitrim's finest uh, export since Paul Williams it flows from the <laughs> mountains of Leitrim it's called gunpowder I Leitrim is mountains. I thought it was just water. I thought they sold Leitrim land by the gallon. It was Let's so move wet. On, shall so we? wet. Oh, yeah. there. You have another sponsorship agreement. You have your own seat here. Like you, a person that comes in and like everyone moves off. The no, seat David Davin Power, who's down there from RT, famous, or he has his own seat. Oh, so I sat beside him when I came in. Oh, I see. Well, see but this is one of my old haunts, by the way. Yeah, this is Paul's old haunt. Now, Paul, you yeah, find yeah. down the yellow house and places like yeah. that more regularly. So, yeah. so. There's a, there's a great picture behind us, uh, Dublin Culture 2023, of all the regulars. If Paul hadn't abandoned oh, this place been, to, head out to, to head out to the leafy suburbs around the Yellow House, oh, he, he'd be up there. You know, it's like uh, you know when you're in a queue and you see the other queue moving a little bit faster and you move and then the other queue... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what it is. There. But one of my most famous drinking buddies is on that. Roy Curtis, he's in there somewhere, isn't he? Roy is absolutely in there. Actually, see the shine of his head in there somewhere. You see, look, no, but he's got a hat on in it. I think he has his hat on uh, in the picture. Roy is beside us. We might talk to Roy in a few minutes' time. Um, Brianna, as an outsider looking in, I mean, this is all quite chaotic today. It's great fun, I have to say. We've That's had great fun since uh, six o'clock. Um, what is unique about the Irish pub? As someone who has now a basis for comparison. Yeah, I mean, it's the people. Because there are companies worldwide that you can purchase Irish pub fit at. Like, you can get all the bits off the walls, all the old Guinness barrels. They'll sell it to you by the container. A bicycle on the wall for some reason. All of it. It's just like yeah, old knickknacks. Yeah. Like yeah. An urn. A sign of a turn. An urn. Old GAA trophies that they've yeah. shipped off to Australia, which sit in warehouses ready to be opened up into new Irish pubs. But you can't buy the people. You can't buy the chaos. You cannot buy the bar stuff. Because bartending is a real vocation. In, in Ireland, and particularly I find in Dublin pubs, they've got the bow ties on, they've got the button-up shirts, they know who to let in, okay, those girls are going to leave in 20 minutes, so I'll get that rowdy crowd of boys at the end of the bar sitting there until I can seat them. It's an art form, and once you lose that, it's gone. I mean, I worked in pubs all through university, I was a terrible bartender. The last thing you want is cash in hand students like me taking over. Keith, you yeah. were a great bartender, I understand. I was, I'm allowed to make Your own little the uh, additions you would make to a pint of Guinness? Oh, God, yeah. I worked in a bar um, just South Ann Street, we won't mention it. So it's a, it's a very old, uh, around the same age, I'd say, and, and, and mentioned in some books as well. And I was a barman behind there, and it was a great bar to work in. But uh, I, it, the behind the bar was very narrow, and like in the middle of the bar was the cellar, and that was always open. So you're basically dancing around this massive hall into yeah. the, the dungeon, you know? Um, <laughs> so you're always kind of moving, shifting. I, I poured, half poured two pints of Guinness, I went back to get some little baby bottles for the you know the tonic for the vodkas I was making I, 
bent down to get them off the shelf as I stood up I just whacked my head off my forehead just there the scar is still there just off the sh- corner of the shelf as I was standing up and I was like momentarily sort of like am I okay I'm, okay. I'm grand so I went back finished the Guinness put them down in front of the customer and I was sort of leaning over as I leant over two little drops of red dropped into the creamy pints mm. and I looked up and I said you did want blackcurrant with them, didn't you? <laughs> and uh, thankfully, uh, you know, you have customers in there that are regulars, they can take a laugh and whatever. And I'd, I'd imagine even if they were tourists, they'd have enjoyed that as well. So um, needless to say, they drank those pints and uh, they were happy with the extra iron. <laughs> you, you wouldn't take a drink anymore, but do you still get uh, enjoyment, a buzz out of yeah, going to a busy place like this? Yeah, now. there's something about a pub. I'm, I'm not even sure about a busy pub, but I love a pub like this. It's because you, I feel like I grew up in it like... you. There was days where you just go there with your uncles for a Sunday yeah. and you'd play <laughs> Space Invaders on a, on a, a Full flat. of Cadet Cola and King yeah, Crisp. Yeah, Crisp and yeah. Cola and you'd have like you know, those peanuts and your, your lips would be stinging from the salt. And, <laughs> but, uh, so, it's, so it's the smell. It's the, and, and you're right about you can bring a pub to Sydney but you can't make it Irish because it's something about the attitude we come into a pub yeah. with. Like, we come in with ready to make friends, ready, we're open to, well, what's going on in here? I'll sit up here for a minute and see what happens. A couple of pints, you're chatting to somebody, you know the bar. We do we have don't. good Irish pubs, but they're run by Irish people. And that's where the diaspora comes in and they sponsor the GA teams, they keep things going, they look after people. Say if someone gets injured in Australia and their mum has to be flown over because they're in a coma, they will fundraise and fly mm. that woman over. There's a real sense of community. So it yep. continues, but it has to be run by Irish people. Mm. You're right there. And then you got to have a, a, the bulk of them Irish coming in because almost they'll set the scene, you know, they'll set the tone of the pub, you know, it's a frequency. Yeah, <laughs> but that, like, it's also, um, and I know sometimes we get criticised for kind of gravitating towards these when you're abroad, there is a kind of a comfort in being in an Irish pub oh, abroad, isn't there, Paul? But there is, you go, I've been in, in Irish pubs, I found an Irish pub one time in a back street in Buenos Aires, quite by accident. Twenty odd years ago, and it was well, run what by. What were you accidentally court. doing in the back streets of Buenos Aires? <laughs> well, I was well, accidentally got lost of the main streets. Well, sure, of yeah. As you do, Aires, it's a good story. You know, I, He's I, told that story. He's rehearsed I, that I, answer. I, 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 but I tried to get out of it. But it was amazing. <laughs> but you are so right because I've gone to other countries and the, the Irish exported the concept mm. of the Irish pub, but the and it and it transfers very. It was a huge industry here for years, where they got all the old furniture and stuff. But, the, but you're so right. You're so right. You need Irish people behind the bar. So you go into a bar, an Irish bar, and somebody says to you, in Russia, and you're saying, well, you know, uh, can I have a pint of Guinness, please? It doesn't seem, it doesn't feel right, it doesn't, doesn't taste. Like, these places here, these, these buildings, like this fantastic pub, the Palace, it reminds me, when I came up to Dublin first as a, as a student, uh, and I started drinking, I used to go drinking in here, and I've been drinking here for years, and there's a lovely snug here, it's great. And you ring up Willie and say, Willie, listen, any chance of me and the lads getting into the snug? Uh, and you get into the snug. But I used to go to Mulligan's, which is a classic pub as well. It was beside the, next door to the Irish press. And then I used to go down to the Oval, because it was next door to the Irish Independent. And these were like, we were like young students, journalism students, and going, wow, we were starstruck. And the man we used to go to see was uh, Con Hulham. Oh, yeah, and he would yeah, sit yeah. at the end of the counter drinking his brandy and a glass of milk. And the thing about these places as well is that they, because they absorb vibes, and the vibes are all good vibes. And you went to a pub, I was talking to somebody recently, I don't know about something else, 
And they said, you know, even when you go into a, a pub and it's closed, the old vibe mm. of goodness and happiness it oozes out. And the man, by the way, and I, I said this earlier, sorry, the, the man who, the, a colleague of mine who has actually made this, can actually make me want to salivate for a point, is my co- colleague Roy Curtis. Because he, no man has written about the Dublin pub with such eloquence and such art, artistic ver or instinct than him. He can, I can actually read a piece in the Sunday World and say, Jesus, I'd love a pint of Guinness, even though I haven't drank a pint of Guinness in years. <laughs> Just thinking about it. I think they need to go back and we need to go back and revisit these brilliant journalists from a bygone era and we need to remember that there were probably seven brandies in when they wrote that beautiful, <laughs> fluid, almost like, you know, dreamlike scenario of a game sort of somewhere out in the suburbs. Well, Con Hoolan turned out to be one of the greatest writers of his all time purely because he was full of brandy when he was writing the stuff by pen, yeah. but he was big into using colons and semicolons. Now, can you imagine writing a semicolon in a when you're absolutely plastered <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning, I don't. I, I can't write when two o'clock How in the day. How did you phone it in? You just, uh, Brianna. Uh, there, I mean, we can underestimate as well to a degree the role that pubs and, and places, spaces like this, the one we're in, the back of the palace, that they play in kind of um, kind of cultural revivals as well. Like you know, we look at um, you know the people on the walls uh, here. You know, like Fran O'Brien and Seamus Heaney and other people looking down on us. Uh, people who would have kind of been kind of mixing amongst each other here and before them, Brendan Behan and the likes. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a sad thing. I sort of started my career in journalism just as the, the era of the long lunch was going out and, you know, sub-editors, I remember the guy who wrote the form guide would start work at 3pm and he wrote the best form guide in Australia but he was half cut because he'd just been drinking all day and he put it together. Those days are gone, I think, you know, with the newsroom shrinking, with more journalists under pressure than ever, they don't have the time for you to be half-locked. Yeah. You have to be on, you know, pretty on shift. People are working from home now, so I think, sadly, the days of hanging around the pub after work, chatting to editors, hearing war stories, they're gone. And it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts the future of journalism and the flavour of what's being written down the line. But I do think we've gotten a bit Puritan, I think. You say flavour, so they've got toasted sandwiches here. Yeah. <laughs> Full stop. Done. Toasted sandwich. Job done. That's it. And That's the best whiskies gas- in the city. None of your gastro, Paul. And fantastic whiskies. Uh, and even if you're, not, if you're not a drinker, a pint of my wadi. Do you and want a, a, a toast you, you heard about the uh, rabbit who entered the bar? and uh, ordered a toasted sandwich, toasted cheese and ham sandwich. <laughs> Keith, you heard this, no. have you? No. So he eats a toasted cheese and ham sandwich and off he hops. Comes in the next day again, cheese and ham sandwich. Our man is amazed by this. Comes in again, third day in a row. There's no cheese and ham, so he just has a toasted cheese sandwich on day three. Day four, the spectre, the ghostly spectre of the rabbit floats in. Oh. Our man says, oh my God, what happened to you? And the rabbit says, I died. Our man says, I can tell you died. How did you die? Mixing my toasties. Oh my god. That's a great joke. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, it's my favourite joke. He's from Kilkenny. Really and they, unimpressed they by the, the level have, of your uh, unimpressiveness. They have I the Kilkenny like cats over there. Oh yes. Don't be too sober to be telling You huh? practice obviously that in that, Kilkenny. That's, that, that's my, that is my, my party no, no, piece. Well done. But my, 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 like, I grew up loving pubs like this and a lot of us in Kilkenny. Like, if you think of that street, where um, uh, across in the brewery there's like a street, a strip of like 11. There's well, there's like seven pubs, but Lotus, Lotus House Chinese takeaways in the middle of them. Thank so God. it's not seven in a row. Yeah, but, thank God. Know, there's so a bit of soakage in there. Traditional <laughs> Irish pubs and a Chinese. But I think there's like, it's, we're speaking of the gulfs, I think that buildings like this store stuff, don't they? Yeah, like they, they do. store yeah. like energy and they store all the kind of, and it's all in here. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm fascinated with the, 
with the wallpaper and the, the, the panels. And I literally could just sit here and just try and imagine and take myself back to another time. Because Two centuries of drinkers. Yeah, but it's not even, you think about it, it's not even that long ago. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm nearly a century old, so it's Can you like imagine my what lifetime. Was, imagine what it was like here during, like, for, on Easter Monday, 1916. The boys were in for the point. So, geez, a bit of a noise going on down across the river there, lads. They <laughs> must be imagine, playing up the old bleeding dubs there. You could imagine someone coming in going, those old Egypt's there now. What are they at? <laughs> they're making, you see, they're oh, making an absolute mess of the city up there. Ruining the place. Ruining the place. <laughs> they're asking for it. Um, how, Brianna... Uh, impressed are you by the level of, you say organisation in terms of people sitting in different places, when it comes to finances as well, and how uh, barmen can track what's going on at the bar. Yeah, so my only it's amazing. My only gripe with Irish pubs Oh right, okay. Aside from like, it's not even the smell, because you need a bit of smell of, of wee in there mixed in there, otherwise it's not really a pub, do you know what I mean? You can't smell be too, a bit of piss, you've got to have a little oh, bit of, you know, I probably misheard there, sorry that was... um, that's, a, that's what makes a pub a pub, otherwise it's too fragrant it's, it's a smell of piss. Yeah, no, you gotta have a bit of that mix. You know what? Thing. There was. Sorry to digress. There was definitely a period after the smoking ban ended for about six months where people were still farting, farting at freely. will yeah, yeah, yeah. because they assumed that the smoke uh-huh. would just cover the smell. Yeah. And now I think that's gone. It so is, I think yeah, people yeah. are holding it in. Aren't oh they? no, it's back. It's still around. Oh, is when it? When I arrived, yeah. I was like, oh my god, this Brianna, is that's the fartiest place. No, who you're hanging around with? Yeah, you want to be careful about who you're hanging around with. Maybe you just lost the sense of smell after all these years. Oh, maybe that's it. I just got got you so used to it. I think there's definitely a fragrance though, and like with all good fragrances, there's something in there, and you go, I believe there's like. The gland of a deer in there. That's weird. Oh, so sorry, you were talking about the, um, the chaos at the okay. bar. My only annoyance is uh, in Irish pubs, we would order in Australia. There's a very strict system because we're also a quite aggressive, semi-violent people. So you order, you get out of the way, and you leave a section of the bar clear. Whereas in Ireland, people tend to sit at the bar, stand at the bar, they're talking, they're chatting. They don't really care what's going on around them. There's sort of no spatial awareness there. It's like, sure, I'm having a chat. You, yeah. you can wait. And the one thing I do love about the system is that you'll hand like a fiver, well, it used to be a fiver, you're not getting change back from that anymore. No. A tenner over or a 20, and the right change will just pass through sets of hands and come right back to you. And the bartender will know what's going on. It's actually... Knows where the money's going, and then you've got yeah. the people at the bar handing the points back, yeah. and they continue their conversation. Not doing that. built either. And you're dead right. Like, you could be right up at the bar chatting <laughs> to somebody, and the pub could absolutely... You could win at, you know, six o'clock or something, but the pub would absolutely fill up. And at some point, like four pints later, you go through the toilet, you turn around and it's absolutely mobbed and there's people like and you haven't even noticed and it's, it's funny about how we're like a home in pigeons I was at a, a, a wedding for a friend of mine in the, in the south of France recently I've had a fantastic time and we're having a great crack it was a Leitrim wedding so we're all Leitrim people there obviously clearly and so we went and there was the reception champagne reception we all went to the bar to buy beers you know because we wanted beer instead of, you know and a few shorts maybe but after a while the bar staff come eh, eh, Monsieur, could you please move away? Move away? Go back away? They could never see him. So I, did, we I, all I, move I, away. I didn't realise he was fluent in French. Oh, <laughs> yeah, was, I didn't hear him. You didn't hear it all. I wasn't able to do it in the mornings. But, but anyway, so anyway, it goes on. But we move away and we're scattered from the bar. But there's a natural instinct that just draws us back. back to the bar. So what happened the entire night was the, the whole French staff were going up the walls saying, 
these Irish, they will not go away from the bar. And it's just, it's like, Mike, but we tried to explain to them, it's not cultural, it's DNA. Yeah. It's instinct, Mike. Yeah. And we need to be there near the action. That's it. It's That's like how it is. That's how it is. Get away from the fire on a cold day, you know? Yeah. Um, where, so Paul's is kind of a backstreet in Buenos Aires, the most unusual place you've been uh, in an Irish it bar? Was, it was in Malaysia on an island where they were using generators to, to power, you know, anything and anything. We found this little shack at the end, like hammered together with nails on the beach. And I thought, right, this is going to be really authentic. This is great. No, it was an Irish pub, and there was, no joke, a framed GA jersey on the wall. Oh, the nice. man who owned the Eco Resort you have to have always was them. Irish or had been Irish. <laughs> Somehow they found it, and that's where it ended up. Keith, the most unusual spot you've been in an Irish bar? I think uh, Dubrovnik is the best one, because Dubrovnik is beautiful. I mean, you've seen Game of Thrones, you've seen, like, you walk along these polished marble streets, you know, and, and the buildings, and you're just, like, in awe, and the, the walls and the sea... Uh, and then you go down these little, you know, narrow streets and then, you know, it's just amazing. So authentic, so real. It's just the same as it was years. And you turn around the corners an Irish bar then. Yeah. Bubbles O'Leary's in Kampala. If you've ever been there. Bubbles. Yeah, Bubbles so O'Leary's in Kampala. Great crack. I Definitely watched, an Irish bar. Yeah. yeah, I watched the 2012 Olympic opening ceremony there and it is just full of the NGO, all the NGO. They're all there. They all gravitate to yeah. the Irish bar. Yeah. Of course they do. Well, well listen, Willie Hearn is over our shoulder. Willie's going to uh, uh, join back in uh, with us. Uh, uh, Keith, I might ask him to rob your microphone uh, for just a couple of minutes, uh, if that's all right, because we are uh, closing in. Uh, we're about 90 seconds away uh, from uh, the famous 1823 we've been talking about uh, today, uh, Willie. So I know this is what, when, the moment you're choosing to, to, to mark this 200th anniversary. Uh, why? Tell us, remind us what we're doing. Well, Kieran, we wouldn't be here today without this picture we're unveiling about all our customers uh, from every county in Ireland. There's a great mix of characters that come in here. That's what makes this so enjoyable. And over the last 200 years, it's, it's the likes of these characters that have kept the Palace Bar going, and please God, it'll see another 200 years out. So. Well, listen, I, I'm sure you want to be the one to give the toast, so maybe grab that pint there in front of you and, and hold it up. And anybody else in the, in the bar who has a drink... Uh, if we can raise a toast. Willie, do you want to say a couple of words to everybody there? Yeah, everybody, I'd like to thank you all for coming today. Oh, hey. here as well. Go here. Anyway, here's, thank you very much for 200 years, and here's to the next 200. There's a man here as well who might say a word here. This is uh, Ned Guinness here. Ned, how are you? Thank you very much for coming. You don't look Will 200 you... years, uh, Willie, you know? Yeah. You're great. <laughs> he, he looks good for uh, the 200, doesn't he, Ned? What a fabulous, fabulous time. And I just... Three cheers for the family. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, we had two cheers there. I think we, we got there a bit early. Anyway, two for the price of one. Uh, listen, Roy, do you want to jump up as well and join us? Roy Curtis is here uh, as well. Uh, this is kind of a free-for-all we've gotten to it's the, great, point, of the yeah. uh, point of the evening. This is very kind of strolling around the bar, uh, uh, bumping into people and chatting to them. Uh, so, uh, Roy, as someone who's written about pubs, writes about pubs, a connoisseur of a good pub, describe it to you. What, what, what are the, 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 the boxes you have to tick and why does the palace tick them? Well, some people might regard this place as just bricks and mortar, albeit beautiful bricks and mortar that serves porter. To me, it is a cultural and social treasure house. Pubs as vulnerable as this have been silent witnesses to so much of our history. This place predates the famine by 25 years. Maybe people who are in here ended up on coffin chips. It was almost a century old when Parik Pierce 
uh, read out the proclamation from the GPO down the road, how many of those revolutionaries were in here, you realize there are almost every titanic figure where they're literary, sporting, political, has marched through these doors over the last two centuries. I've had pints here with sporting figures from Nicky English to Mick Galway, um, Jim Gavin to Dennis Irwin. I've seen Pulitzer Prize winners, Booker Prize winners, Nobel Prize winners. The epicentre of Irish culture is represented by places like this. Some people don't understand and they cast aspersions and they see pubs and they think they're places that just serve drink. They are, they are holy places to many of us who worship at the high stool. There's a beautiful, beautiful quote from the great Con Hulham that's below his bust up here in the bar. And it says, a bird is known by its song and a man by his com conversation. There's nothing more wonderful than to come into a pub that doesn't have music roaring from its bones, that doesn't have TVs blaring, and to be able to quietly contemplate life, whether in conversation with somebody, whether alone with a book, and realize this is why you live life, this is why you work for those moments of reward over a pint of Arthur's Finest in the great company of the Ahern family. Nothing better. Right, listen, very well said. I think you're right applause. Very, very well said. Wouldn't that make you want to go to the pub? <laughs> well, like that, we're already in it, Paul. Horton should be hired by Diageo <laughs> and taken away because the man, make the he make the pub culture just a great vibe again. Well, it is great that I know Ned Guinness kind of popped his head in for a minute and, and the pints in front of us, Willie, remind us exactly where these come from for people who weren't listening earlier. Yeah, well... I keep talking about them in 200-year-old pints we, we of Guinness. Have, we sat down with uh, my Guinness lady, Elaine, there uh, about 12 months ago and we said we're... 200 years next year. We want to mark this year. It's a milestone. Uh, I want to do something different. And we kind of brainstormed. And the idea, well, wouldn't it be lovely? Let's go up and look at Arthur Guinness's recipe book and look at old recipes from 1823. So we came across a porter. Now, there was a few little tweaks done to us to make it more palatable for the, for the modern day drinker. But this is what we come up with. Um, and it's great support, I must say, from all in St. James's Gate. And uh, I want to thank them all very much. And uh, no, it's a delight to hear now. Well, listen, it must, it must be nice as well, it, just from a personal point of view as well, just seeing the support here this evening for the bar. It's been absolutely rammed since we came on air at four o'clock. Yeah, like we're blessed here. Like we're in the heart of the city and we have a lovely mix of clientele. Um, but like you need your bread and butter, which is your regulars, you know. Um, you know, and we've regulars from Tipperary and Kerry and they come up to us regularly like you know um, you know it's great to be in the heart of the city and meet all different all different types of people and uh, Paul I mean I, I, oh dare I mention the C word I mean you really missed this for a couple of years didn't you and I think oh, maybe absolutely. it was only when it was gone people realised that it wasn't as, as Roy said it, it wasn't about just the pints and getting no. your hands to the drink you know it was more than that it's the genuine, it was so much more it was that connection it was the warmth and it was the comfort. I remember during the, the lockdown, we used to go to our local, the Yellow House in the smoking area, and go in in the dark and dismal days of January and February. And we used to go in to get coffee, and then we started bringing hot flasks. With We improvised, adapted, and overcame, like the American Marine. And we used to get flasks of hot water, and we'd bring hip flasks then of whiskey. And we'd sit in the... In, the, in, our, in our lovely warm which used to be lovely and warm smoking area in our pub in the dark and the dank but we'd, it would become alive again in our imaginations 
with the help of the hot whiskies that we were drinking. And uh, it, was, it was fantastic. And you know what? Just like what Roy said, you know, it, it is, there, it's such a centre of our culture. And it's not about all everybody getting drunk and crazy. It's just a warmth and a social cohesion to all of it. And this, this pub here, that's snug. Anyone's listening? Highly recommend it. But you have to ring uh, Willie and say, can we book this? But don't, don't get it's a very different job. On air now, live on air. I mean, he'll be plagued with people ringing them. Uh, listen, Liam O'Neill is after joining us here as well. And we've been talking a bit about, you know, uh, some of the artwork around us and the new Dublin culture 2023, all the faces, all the regulars. But I mentioned a couple of times these magnificent uh, portraits uh, on the wall uh, over your shoulder, Liam, and staring down uh, at me. Uh, you are the artist responsible for them. They really are. Uh, absolutely brilliant for anybody who's been in and has seen them. I'm sure they'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, tell me a little bit about them. Well, I came in here about um, 15 years ago with Paddy O'Shea and uh, he was a classmate of mine. And I, he introduced me to Willie. And Willie says, uh, do you play football? I said, no. What do you do? I, I said, I paint. But JC says, I, would you paint the hall stairs and landing for me? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, 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 I don't do that. <laughs> anyway, eventually... Or, I, or you could, but it'd be a lot more expensive oh, than you yes, expect. Very expensive. <laughs> already, I can tell you. <laughs> so anyway, we came around to thinking about these. I said, the wall behind there needs something. Yeah. And here we are. The, the last one was put up this morning. It's a little bit crooked now, John, but um, <laughs> it's not too bad. It's about a millimetre out. How did you decide who to paint? For, actually, for people who are at home, tell us who you've painted. They can't see. Uh, Miles Legopoline. Flann O'Brien, uh, the great poet Patrick Kavanagh, and then Seamus Heaney, who, who comes in here. Actually, it was Liam O'Hearn told me, you have to do Seamus Heaney's. I thought I was finished. <laughs> what about Seamus Heaney, he says. I thought, oh my goodness. And that was the one with the real pressure of trying to get it right. Um, well, listen, you, you've certainly got it right. It's, it's a, a beautiful portrait. Um, how did you decide on those three? I was told. <laughs> He's maybe I, maybe I should ask He's Willie, how, how did you decide on those three? Yeah. It, it was basically over a pint with Liam and a wee drop of Ishkabaha. Uh, and we talked through the characters that have come to this house throughout the years, you know. Uh, like, you know, the, 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 when Kavanagh, you know, it's been documented when he came to Dublin in 1939 and he wandered into the palace and he sat in the corner and took it all in, like at the time. And, uh, he kind of said later, you know, it was the most wonderful temple of art. Uh, and he, I think at the time when he stumbled in, he was intimidated. But by God, he got his courage a few years later. And he was, uh, he'd always give his opinion then. And he had miles being what I strolled in, you know. Like, uh, you look at that famous cartoon that's on the back wall here, Dublin Culture. Bertie Smiley holding court in the middle. And you have Harry Kernoff, the famous artist. Liam O'Neill is the modern day Harry Kernoff now. <laughs> Here he is. My, my grandfather used to sell Harry's pictures on the wall. Yeah. Um, and my father remembers as a young fella uh, wrapping one up and dropping one down to the Clarence Hotel to a Yank who bought one. That's right, so. this is where Harry Kernoff used to have an exhibition in here. Mm. Well, he had, he had his, the walls covered in his paintings and he sold them in here. Yeah, well, listen, there are magnificent paintings on the wall today. So, Liam, thank you for joining us. Uh, Liam O'Neill, the artist, if you have a bit of painting and decorating uh, uh, that you need done, he's not the man. And he I do a bit of wallpapering as well. Yeah. A bit of wallpapering, but it'll be expensive, as he says. <laughs> listen, thank you, Liam. Thank you to Roy Curtis. Thank you to Willie O'Hearn, to Paul Williams, Brianna Parkins, Keith Walsh. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.